being able to build the relationships with the people that you in immediate contact with and add value. Or he ain't got shit else to do and he needs that check. Oh, no, you know Texas got the bag. He's dropping now. the bag. The quickest way to the bag. You don't like AM, do you? How much Texas pay Arch Manning, bro? Welcome to another special episode of Players Talk Business Podcast with your host, Darius Jackson, Kayvon Frazier. Hey, shout out WeWork Pressing Center for letting us record in this dope room, man. Shout out to them. But uh, we got a treat for y'all today. We're going to touch base on a variety of hot topics, and we do have a special guest in the house, University of Texas graduate, five-year NFL vet, renewable energy developer, Current agent with Team Sports Agency. Should I stop? Nah, I keep going. Should I stop? <laughs> the one and only like dude, hype him up. Thomas. Hey. Yes, sir. Yes, Welcome sir. to the show, bro. What's good with you? I'm good, man. I appreciate y'all letting me on the, on the platform 100%. Already, bro. Already. So, I mean, I, I pretty much listed about 50 different things that you do now. Yep, yep. Right? But, uh, I mean, what you've been up to lately? I know you're a... You're a sports agent. Is that your current that's, – that's what you do? That's your yes. current profession? So what I would – I like to clarify, I'm not an agent per se. I'm a partner in the agency. Um, when it comes to the sport world, you know, they kind of started it all for us. Uh, football kind of did it for me. Um, it's my way to stay connected and then help guys plug back into the network that I'm building right now in other businesses. No, I love it. It's Wait, like, so you're not an agent? I'm not an Are agent. Are you going to uh, try to – to to get your agent license or so, so what's I've the been, next steps? I've been talking about that uh, primarily because, you know, the guy I'm partnering with, he's been doing it for 40 years. He's going to be doing it forever. Um, since I am taking a partner a partner role into the space, it would make sense for me to get my agent license. For so sure. that probably be one of the few steps I'll take next to try to get certified, get that stamp. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, that's almost more powerful than being an agent, bro. You're a partner with the yeah. business. Yeah. And so, like, w- with that, I mean, what inspired you to go that path? Well, the thing was for me, uh, as you know, transitioning out of the game is, isn't isn't always the easiest thing for a lot of people. Hundred percent. So uh, it's my way to stay back in tune, and I wanted to help people go through that process. So primarily, my role right now is a client relationship, getting guys into the business with the right team. I know a lot of guys not have the same experience I have my agent, and then on the back end, man, when you take the helmet off, I want to help guys, you know, plug into the network, figure out what they really want to do, whether it's logistics, real estate, energy, which is a small niche community. Um, whatever it may be, just help them out. No, that's dope. And I mean, even that's how you and Kay connected. Mm-hmm. I mean, K, you on a you on a gym, and, and Duke yeah. is a part of the agency. Yeah. I mean, and now y'all doing business together. You know? Yeah. No, I think that's bro. I think it's crazy that like, you know, it's not a lot of of people who don't own an agency. Right. I mean, who not an agent that just step into owner into an ownership role. Right. With the sports agency, bro. I think that's big time, bro. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, the biggest thing is the relationships, you know. Um, I helped building that trust. And then playing in the realm, you know, you kind of learn a lot about it. And then me being undrafted and going through multiple different organizations, I started to learn in the back end of things. Ask a lot of questions. I want to know the whys. So, uh, hey, that's the key. Ask a lot of questions. Absolutely. You said it. So that's kind of the thing that helped me. Uh, I kind of felt like although while I was in the game, I was also getting training on the back end. Because it's a business at the end of the day. And I started to learn that while I was actually playing the game. Didn't we all? Yeah. It's just bu- <laughs> nothing personal. It's yeah, just business. Absolutely. So partnering, were you with Team Sports Agency? I mean, how did that work? Was Scott Casterline, was he yeah, was he your agent? Absolutely. So that's kind of how it kind of worked out for me. Um, I had a unique, unique relationship with my agent. A lot of guys don't have the same relationship I had. So, I mean, from staying at his house, from building that relationship on and off the field, and actually when I finished up, Still having that network, he still being to help. He still wanted to help further my career outside just the game of football. Mm-hmm. That really what made me realize, like, okay, we're doing things different at Team Sports, and I kind of wanted to build that out because a lot of people don't have that kind of opportunity. Um, being in sports, man, allows you to get around so many other kind of people in the world of business because everybody loves sports. Everybody want to be around a football guy. Everybody does. So that's kind of the thing that kind of helped me out. And then it's just like knowing how to leverage that, right? You know, it's just, you're around all these people all the time. Uh, and, and not everyone knows how to leverage it. Right. And, and, you know, you throw out the the word networking, right? Yeah, man. What is networking? What, what's your definition of a networking? Yeah. What do y'all think it is? In my opinion, I see networking as, um, being able to build the relationships with the people that you in immediate contact with and add value. Cause mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. football mm-hmm. allows us to get into rooms and open doors that a lot of people don't have access to, but once you're in there, what you going to do with it? So that's kind of the biggest thing is how do you add value to the room? How do you help leverage those things? Because at the end of the day, if you ain't helping somebody, what makes them want to help you, right? So if, 
it's all about what you bring to the table as well. 100%. And 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 that's that that that's definitely along the lines of my definition. You know, a lot of people think networking is this big thing. You got to have it all mapped out before you do it, and you really don't. You really don't. It's all about your relationships. You at the time, right? They want to know who you are, and then at the end of the day, based on what profession you you know you choose, right. you can leverage each other's you know, positions and really build together. And I, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. okay. That's kind of what you did with, with your, with man, your job. Networking to me, man, you know, and you, and you hit it on the head with, you know, adding value, right. you know what I mean? Cause you know, in a relationship, both sides add value. So I think networking in my, you know, perspective is, um, is building a relationship, you know, but to be able to build a relationship, you got to add value to them. They got to add value to you. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Y'all might not help each other equally because that's not what, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, it's not about weighing out, hey, like, you know, he did this for me, so I need to do something for him, right? Yep. It's not about that because that's not a genuine relationship. But I think that's what networking is, is, you know, you literally just going in and you're trying to build relationships with people. 100%. You know, you know what I mean? And that's like a very simple, simple way of summing it up. But, you know, everybody think of networking as this big this big thing, like they almost overthink networking. One hundred percent, bro. Like you, yes. you going in a business, yes. like a business networking event, and you, you over, you over, you overthinking if you be like, hey, yeah, I'm going to networking. Yeah. Like, bro, what? Like, yeah, it's no, like you go up there and, and you I'm just going to meet people. I'm going to build yeah. relationships. You start yeah. saying your whole resume. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm 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 Kayvon Frazier and I do this and it's like, whoa, exactly. chill out, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're I didn't even ask you that, genuine. my brother. <laughs> yeah, bro, I gotta be more genuine than that. Like, it's funny because uh, my first time going to California, a lot of people are always telling me go to Cali. People different. People different. And I kind of experienced it a little bit. Uh, everybody out there networking, but it's not the most genuine kind of networking. Oh, it's trash. You know, it's like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> It's really that mm. okay. How can I leverage this relationship? <laughs> to go get it's what I so want? trash, bro. I was just out in California. It's <laughs> funny you brought that up. I was just out in California, and like literally, I went in. I went in this, uh, you know, the, uh, in in Cali, a lot of their main hotels have like lounges in them. So mm. I went in. They yeah, I was staying at the SLS. I went in the lounge there, and you know, I'm I'm meeting people and stuff. And the first three people I met, the like l- the first two sentences they asked me is like, "What do you do?" It kind of yeah. throw me they off. Like, to me, it's kind of disrespectful. What are, what are you doing in here uh, at the SLS, you know, looking like you look? Like, what's going on? Yeah, like, what do you do? Like, bro, that's 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 the most disrespectful thing that you can ask me right off bat. You know, I'm damn near about to turn around and walk the other way. That's what I'm about to do. But, yeah, man, like. Hold on, what'd you Dallas, say? You know, I mean, oh. I, I tell them, shit, I'm a business owner. You know, I'm, a, yeah. you know, I'm an entrepreneur. Right. That's what I tell them. Yeah. But um, the difference is in Dallas, man, People don't ask you that. You know, people don't, that's not like the in the forefront of their mind is what do you do? It's right. like, I, okay, I want to learn who this person is. Right. And I feel like with us as athletes, you say you want to help athletes, right? With us as athletes, a lot of people always just come up to us and ask us, what do we do? And that's and that's how they view us. It's about right. what we do rather than who we are. So, right. you know, my biggest thing and our biggest thing with having this podcast and having somebody like you on here is to... Um, it's to show people who you actually are. Right. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, we're talking about what you do, but, you know, football don't define us, and that's right. why we're bringing everybody here. 100%. And it, and it never ends, right? We're on a pedestal right away, and they think it's the coolest thing in the world when you're an NFL player, right? 100%. And it's just like you want them to think you're still the coolest thing in the world when you're not an NFL player based yeah. on how you've developed in the league. Exactly. And so that's what I want to touch on as well is just everyone has a transitional period, mm-hmm. you know? What was your transitional period from the from the ups and the downs? Like, how long did it really take you to really be like, "Yo, I'm Duke Thomas. Yeah. This is what I do." Absolutely. I mean, it's a uh, it's not it's not an easy transition. Anybody that's going through it, they know they know exactly what it takes to try to come out on the other side. Myself, um, I can definitely say I leaned on my wife a lot. She helped me out. She's ex also an athlete. But I told her, um, "It's a 2020 season. I was in Arizona. I got released." Ended up signing in Buffalo at the end of that playoff run. And then um, right after that season, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Do I want to go back? I had opportunities to sign back when it came to the 2021 training camp. I had three or four teams call, and I was like, no. Like, I'm not going to do it. I had a conversation with my coach, and he was like, I can't make a, I can't make a guarantee. I can't promise you anything. Mm-hmm. And my thing was, you're calling me. My coach is calling me because you know what I'm going to bring to the table in training camp. But I'm going to do the same thing I'm going to do 
that I did last year, but you can't guarantee me anything. Right. So it was like, I don't want to put myself in that situation. I'd rather try to take my destiny into my own hands. And that gave me mm-hmm. a lot of um, empowerment, saying no to the NFL. And then at that point, it was just me picking something. And that's where something that I always try to tell the guys that I'm working with now, you got to pick something. You know, you got to choose something. You got to choose something. There's so mm-hmm. many options. And all of us being high-performing athletes, touching the NFL, we are already an entrepreneur, bro. Like, yep. your body was your business. Mm-hmm. You found a way to make it happen. You defined the odds. Like, you're already, you're already elite. And that's kind of what the trigger that happened in my mind that made me pick, like, all right, I'm going to just pick renewable energy. That was my first pivot. Because mm-hmm. um, I saw mm, it. Hold on. Hold on. He used the key word. <laughs> he used the key word. <laughs> pivot. pivot. Yeah, you yeah, pivoted yeah. and you didn't think back. And I love how you chose to leave the league in your own terms. That yeah, gave you a lot of momentum. 100%. 100%. Like, doing a, being able to say that, it definitely uh, it was empowering, you know. And if, if choosing that space, it was – I was talking to my brothers, and I was like, man, if it was the 1800s and you had a chance to get in the oil and gas, oil and gas industry, would you say no to that? And I was like, they're like, hell no. Like, absolutely. Like, right. Hell definitely no. Getting, definitely getting the oil and billions gas. Billions of dollars later. So that's kind of how it was with me and renewable energy at the time. Like, I had a – I was doing some research trying to find – what, uh, what solar really was. I saw it being a hot topic three years ago. And then, um, actually, my agent, Scott, had an energy company where they developed bigger utility-scale projects I was telling you about before the show. They're doing, uh, we do 200-megawatt, 300-megawatt solar farm, wind farms, energy stores, green hydrogen, whatever it may be. We are um, project developers. So I saw that as the end goal. I wanted to get to that scale. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you can't just go into that without an engineering degree, et cetera. But I had the relationship. So what I wanted to do was help. How do I add value when I go and meet the lead developer there? How do I add value when I want to actually go have the conversation with Scott? Mm-hmm. So when I pivoted, I went to the smaller scale space. I went to the residential world, um, wanted to figure out how the solar really work. What are the ins and outs? And really, it got me outside my comfort zone. And being an athlete, as you guys know, mm-hmm. everybody want to talk to you, bro, when you got the helmet on. Right. Yep, everybody yep. want to talk to you. Everybody wants you to sign an autograph. Yep. I went to ground zero um, and – went boots on the ground, learned how to sell, learned what the sales process was. I never sold anything in my life, right? Right. But ultimately, it's kind of already was in this because we was our, personally, it's, I was on my thought process. Yeah. I was already a sales person by being an athlete. You were marketing yourself this whole time, going exactly. through drills, going right. through yeah, te- yeah. telling your coach, like, you know what I bring to the table. 100%. What, that's what you're going to get. You, yeah. You've been marketing your own business. Exactly. But this is in a different way, of course. 100%. So that's kind of how I kind of felt like I already had the skill set. So, I mean, going into that world, um, it taught me a lot, getting boots on the ground, breaking, breaking conversations with people that's not interested, knocking on the door and having a sale. Mm-hmm. And I knocked on the door and I closed the sale and I changed somebody's life. I was like, oh, my God. Right, I right, do right. Anything. Yeah. You know how hard that is? Feel different. Like, it took me, I'll probably say, two or three months training to finally get to that point. And after I did it, it was like, oh, it's like clockwork. It's a system. It's a process. And then, obviously, you know, there's ways to scale that, and that's what I kind of I'm doing now. I scaled that business. I got out of that company, and I started my own. So um, to answer your question, man, to figure out, you know, that transitional piece for me, it was uh, mm-hmm. it was just me saying yes to picking something and then just going head first into it the same yeah, way man. I did football. I like, think the, the, the most empowering part, you know, in doing it on your own without the NFL – I mean, you're not doing it on your own, but when, and when I say that, I mean, like, without the NFL is that, you know – that's that's the most empowering part to me is because like hey I'm I'm going in and I'm I'm making a living you know on my own without you NFL right 100%. so you know I think I thought it was very powerful you know just like DJ said too that you left on your own terms you know yeah. I did too you know I 100%. I quit the league on my own terms too um, do you think that that more people is going to start to go in that trend now because I've been seeing it like yeah. you know if y'all been paying attention to the people in year five and year six, you know, because that's, that's a pivotal when, time. Yeah, that's when the yeah. four, five, six, that's when you start to really, you know, switch teams. Your rookie contract is up. Mm-hmm. And they, they got to pay you at, at least a mil, right? That's the uh, vet minimum. Yep. You know, if you on the roster after the first game, your whole salary is guaranteed for guaranteed. that year. Yep. So that's when you really see guys start moving around. I, I, Do you think it's going to be a trend, right? Before this year, really wasn't a lot of guys that was doing that. Yeah, man. You know, and that's what the NFL do. You know, I don't, but I don't know if y'all paid attention to it. They'll sign people, you know, later in the season to try to keep you 
you know, on your toes to try to keep you locked in, right? Yeah, and keep training. Keep it. Hey, yeah. man, keep training. Work hard. Right. They'll sign you the last two weeks. Right, they sign you the last hey, two weeks. You're on your way. They sign you the last <laughs> two weeks. Exactly. They sign you the last two weeks, and yeah, then bro. they might sign you to a future. Yep. And then it just becomes this cycle over and over and over. Yep. And you, we see guys that came in with us. Oh, yeah. That's still locked into that cycle. Right. So my thing is, obviously, this is, you know, the biggest reason why we're trying to bring awareness to it. But 100%. do you think that that this uh, that that this is going to change a little bit? No. 100%. I mean, that cycle you talked about, that's what I had to get out of. I had the opportunity to get plugged back into that. I know from a different angle, obviously, having four teams call you to want to come to training camp. What does that mean? So mm. having that conversation <laughs> with my coach, like <laughs> – Having that conversation with my coach like that, like, really opened my eyes. Like, I'm not about to come up there, do what I just did last year, where I should have made that team for y'all personnel department to say, nah, I want a four- or five-year vet that played. Like, yeah, well, I or I want this rookie Same that, result. you know. Like, yep. what? I just bought. Or so, I this rookie that I got to pay him half the price, right? 100%. So you that's when saying? I was like, look, um, and I see that being the new model, especially when you start taking a look at the collegiate space. When these kids are starting to get that monetized – Man. NIL money as an 18 year old kid. How you gonna tell him to go get into that cycle? You sick? Mm-hmm. Oh, we gonna get it's into that. Happening. Don't worry about that because we gotta address that. Yeah, but but no, you're you're right. You're right. And and it's just, you know, a lot of guys get into that cycle. You know, including including us, right? But we made a decision. So for me, it was a two year cycle, right? right? After the first year, I was like, okay, well, let me give it one last hoorah. Yep. opportunity right 100%. but when i when i had two january's two consecutive january's hit mm-hmm. and feel the exact same yep i was like hell no nah. this is i am not doing this cycle right yeah, man. and that's when i wanted to talk about this as well it's like you know with the usfl and the xfl mm-hmm. and you know all these different leagues i think there's a fine line because when you get to year four five and six you're you're now 25 26 27 yep. football becomes a lifestyle a business a profession rather than a passion Right, right, and that's yep, the truth because yep. yep. you've already been doing it for a long time and you've already got four or five, six years of professional play. Are these guys – when I see a vet player signed to the USFL or XFL, mm-hmm. I say one of two things. Either he loves the hell out the game right, and he just wants to keep playing or he ain't got shit else to do and he needs that check. Facts. 100%. I mean, I can, I can, I can, I can co-sign to that. So, I mean, being in a person myself, being able to see that as an avenue – and pivoting from the AAF, I knew immediately, just being honest, yeah. I didn't belong there. And, like, just being honest, like, yep. Yep. there's clear levels of talent. Like, even when you play collegiately, there's some guys that, you know, you're just better than. And talking about calling that the professional when they're, when you was in the NFL, there's a, there's, a, there's a level of standard that I held myself to. I'm sure that the guys, if you want to pivot like that, you see it that way, you probably held yourself to the you same You know what standard. it is. Yep. You know what it is. So, I mean, I, I, told, I, mean, I totally agree. But I don't think yep. I don't think that they're trying to build farm leagues, bro. They know people right. want to watch football, and hopefully, guys start understanding that. Man, you ain't got to put your body on the line like that, bro, and try to make that sixty, seventy k. Not like, even, no you know. And it's two perspectives that we can look at it from. And and, and and sometimes, you know, I don't know if they if they doing it to keep us in a circle. I mean, in a cycle, or to truly like try to help us, right? Because yep. right. you yep. know what I'm saying, right, right, because. Right. You know, and I'm trying to play devil's advocate here as well, even though, I mean, I, I would never go to no XFL, C, even the CFL. You would never. Mm-mm. No. You know what I'm saying? Canadian, not, them Canadian t- dollars body. don't translate. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, don't. Really don't. they don't. They really don't. It's sad. But it's like um, being a person that did pivot, it's like a, I can't see it being a career habitual thing. Like if it's the summer league, a spring league, okay, I get it. But now that they're having these leagues that go and coincide and sprinkle into the NFL season, they don't allow you to go back and pivot into the NFL. Like, what are y'all trying to do? So I think the Rock and and what uh you know his partner Garcia's ex wife, I right. th- I think Danny Garcia, I think what they're doing is pretty uh, incredible from the fact that they they low key partnered with the NFL, yeah, and made it like a minor farm league, right? Okay, but at the end of the day, they need vets to lead those organizations to get it going. But I mean, I personally, if you're, if you're over 24, you know, you should probably do something else. Right. See, but that, see, that's what I was saying though. Like what perspective, you know, are we looking at it from? Because yeah. they, they, they can also be like, Hey, we're helping these guys because you know, 
we can't figure out the transition. So you get yeah, guys true. like, you know, I don't want to name off guys. Yeah. But I know we all know guys that we got in the back of our head yeah. that is 32 you know what I'm saying? 32 yeah. with kids and scoring touchdowns. And they got to and they, and they got to go play in the league like that, you know? Absolutely. You know, but you know, but also I think it also hurts us because you know, man, they Man, there was a quote I heard today. It was pain plus reflection equals progress, right? Mm. So I think that us, you know, as athletes, you know, we never want to, you know, attack that pain part. Right. You know, if we don't attack the pain part, then we're not gonna reflect on the pain that we just had. After getting out the league, bro, it's a painful, it's a painful couple months that oh, you no go question. through that you really gotta look yourself in the mirror and be like, damn, no okay, question. so what's next? Am I just gonna sit here and just, you know what I'm saying? Just just live in my sorrows and be a stat? Yep. Or am I gonna be on the other side of the statistics? So I'm And you have mean, to embrace that pain. A lot of people to try to try to avoid it and then it, it's the worst. What's the worst kind of pain is when your family members come up to you. You done playing? They <laughs> act like that that shit's surprising like, or some shit. I, yeah, I'm 29 like 100%. I'm 31. Like am I done playing? And I've been playing since I was 7. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> you know. That's, that's the thing though. It's kind of a it kind of that same conversation get to can get to a bigger deal mm-hmm. where we can start looking at why why is it that that's the only way we see ourselves. Why yeah, that, yeah, that's right. So, I mean, yeah. it gets into a bigger conversation, and that's why, you know, yeah. being able to pivot out of it, it's empowering to see other people that actually went into – my whole thing, let's use, let's use sports as a way out and then use it as a trampoline. Don't tie yourself to it and, like, where you're just 100% completely married to it. We're not right. going to run from that bigger conversation. We're about to touch on that. So, yeah. like, you you said the bigger conversation. Yeah. Like, why do we put – so much into being only athletes, you're saying? Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's because uh well I'll get back to this point, but I think it's because when you're an athlete, right? Especially when you're a kid and you know all the t- teachers are saying write down your biggest goals and dreams and you know yeah, people put doctor and lawyer and then we people like us put NFL athlete, NBA player right. and you get told no, and you're so locked in on that goal. You have to commit to being an athlete full-time. Yeah. You have to. There's no choice. Yeah. But then you get to the point where you're in college, right, no matter if you're the first pick overall or Brock Purdy, the Mr. Irrelevant, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you have to learn, and you hear it over and over, hey, man, you're entering a business. You know, this yep. is a business. And people are like, oh, yeah, we know it's a business. Like, no, this shit is a business. 100%. You know what I'm saying? So now it's like, yo, you made it. You secured it. I know you want to go to the Hall of Fame, but now all these other things, we need somebody to be like, yo, this is how you do it. Yeah. So it's like you're all you're going all the way up no matter where your career takes you. Yeah. When you're done playing, it's like, yo, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Darius Jackson. I made it to the Hall of Fame, but I also started this and that, and, and we're off and running. There was no hiccups, right? And some guys got it, some guys don't. But I think it's just because as an athlete, especially me, why would I think about anything else? Uh, to me, that's Plan B, and you and you know it. We're all yeah. wired to only have Plan A, 100%. and we'll adjust on the fly because that's what we do, right? We're athletes, mm-hmm. you know. And that's my take on it. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that definitely be the the thought process because it was my thought process. Like if I started thinking about something else, I mean, am I second guessing? Am I, am I second guessing it? Right. But the thing is, is like um, the bigger conversation I was I was saying as far as like why was that my why was that my ticket. <laughs> Like, why was that my ticket? I wasn't a dummy, bro. I have 4.1 GPA coming out of high school. I was going to get into Texas regardless of football or not. But why was that my ticket? And it's, you think it was because of what came with it? I think it was. I mean, obviously, I love the game. You know, growing up, and through, I love yep. the game. I can't, say, I can't say I didn't love the game. Right. But I also enjoyed going to my robotics class and building robo yeah. Like, I, I enjoyed that. Why, was, why didn't I take that route? Why didn't I take the engineer I, route? Why – but it's kind of like a, I think it's, I don't know if it's an engraved culturally kind of thing for us to get pushed in the athlete, athlete world, athlete circle. Yep. And that's why it's like a thing for us. But I, I think it's also important for us to keep having conversations like this, showing yep. the, the pivot yep. on the other side for people to see that other, there's more to it than just playing football. And I, I, I think ahead, the guys. biggest thing, you know, and my take on this is like, uh, the biggest point I would make is like, what are, what are we exposed to as black people? Mm-hmm. Right. Because right? all of us, you know, all of us has – has a little bit of black in it, so at, at least. Hey, man, hey, 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 you see my skin color. You know what it is. No, no, but in the real, like, you know, even if you 
you mix, people still view you as black, right? So Facts. you still view yourself as black when you was raised, right? When I'm taking so, when I'm taking, you know, SATs, it's African American. Take <laughs> <laughs> that box, my boy. You yes. circle both. <laughs> <laughs> no, I tried when thing, I was in third grade, it didn't work. <laughs> hey, but the thing though, like us black people, like if we think about like really like what are we exposed to? Like at a young age. Mm-hmm. Like if you look on the media, what are they pushing to us? You know what I mean? Like, you know, and I say this a lot, but like, you know, I ask people this. You know, and I and I ask white people, black people, whoever. I I will ask anybody this: mm-hmm. If you think of a successful black person, you know, if you think of any that you've seen on TV lately, right? What do you th- think of? Athlete or entertainer? You athlete or entertainer? Mm-hmm. But why is that? You think of a successful white person? What do you see on TV? Shit, I see fucking Bill Gates. I see Elon Musk. You know, you know what I'm saying? I see so much more diversity in occupation, but with with black people is literally all entertainment and it could right. be because like of our culture and that's what we pushed is. ourselves towards but it is but it, but there's billionaire i mean it's a seven i think it's seven billionaire black people right or something like that but right. but no you one know knows I mean? them right the notoriety but in our culture not? we know we know the athlete we know lebron james you know shout out yeah uh, but why light not, skins though? we know drake you know what i'm yeah, saying but that's the problem like why not like why don't we know the billionaire black people Popularity. that's not entertaining. Cool. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Because that is cool to me. You know what I mean? It is cool. It is but cool. Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos made it cool because they they are the richest men in the world. And, man, I asked a white person that, bro, and he was like, Elon Musk. I'm like, man, Elon Musk ain't black. I'll beat your ass if you say that again. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, no, he was from Africa. What? I guess he's from South Africa. So does that so make they- you black if you're from <laughs> South Africa? <laughs> what? But No, but on some serious yeah. shit, though, it's like, but and I think we do it to ourselves, and we keep falling in this trap, the cycle, and stuff like that. Like yeah. you know, if you look at our social media, these little kids looking up to us. Right. What are we posting out to show them that hey, we're more than just athletes or entertainers? Yeah, absolutely. You I, know what I'm saying? Like, I think partly with what Duke was saying, like you enjoy robotics class as well. Yeah. But it's partly you know I play two sports coming out. Mm-hmm. You know I was going to Eastern Michigan for football and baseball. Yep. But uh, I ultimately chose to lock in on football for position reasons, you know, mm-hmm. leveling up up the depth chart reasons, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I was going to choose football regardless because it was the quickest way to the bag. Yeah, man. And that's what I want to get to, too. You know being an athlete, you could be 18 years old and get yeah. the ba- LaMelo driving in a Lambo at 18 See, years but old. but that's the yeah. thing. Like, why are we only exposed to to those people? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, bro, how many people out of, as we grew up with, on your high school football team that thought exactly just like you. Yep. Even on your college football team mm-hmm. that thought exactly just like you. And you went to UT. Yep. How many people thought exactly just like us, black people, right? And that didn't make it. You know, or that made it a year and then they done. And then where they at now? They're going through it. You know, and yeah. that's the saddest thing. So yep. I do understand, like, you know, we had special gifts. Like, God, yep. God had a, a path for us, mm-hmm. right, to make it to the league. Oh, yeah. You know, and we had those physical ability gifts. And I was only bringing it up to bring that perspective because that's the perspective. That's no, that, what people no, that think. That ain't what I believe in. That's, <laughs> that's what I know people think because, damn, we thought it, right? Yeah, you're right. We fucking thought it. Yeah, and exactly we right. wouldn't experience the level we're at and having our eyes essentially open, right, without being having this access from that platform. 100%. But we know the key is you don't need this platform to know that. Man, the thing that one you of the know? biggest things that blew my like that changed my thought process when I got hurt when I was in Dallas. I was on the sideline, you know, IR, and I was looking up. And I looked at the press boxes; they got so many suites. And I'm like, man, I'm down here busting my ass. I'm hurt, like just trying to get make my six figures, trying to get to my milli. Yeah. What yeah. are they doing for a living? <laughs> They're going like this. Do this. Man, what? Damn, now, look at that Duke Thomas down there. You thought that for yeah. real? You thought <laughs> that while he was in the league? I thought that, bro. I looked up there. I was like, damn, bro, what they do for a living? As I'm down yeah. here, hurt, trying to run down on kickoff, make a spot. Like, they sit there and watch me do this. Yeah. <laughs> like, entertaining them. Entertaining them, You're in bro. entertainment. Like what, they, like, what they do for a living? Like, that kind of stuff really started making my, you know, my thought process change a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's kind of things that we got to start getting these kids to realize. There's a lot of press boxes in all these stadiums, and none yep. of these people touch the field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. None of these and, people. And the field. biggest flex, the biggest flex is is probably, you know, for me, it's like scoring a touchdown or getting an interception is dope, and it lasts, it lasts about thirty seconds, and then it's on to the next play. But like having a sweet, 
every every weekend and you inviting the homies down you inviting yeah, you networking in your own suite you got your name on yeah, it bro. on the you know they put your name on the outside of it that's in at&t different. stadium one of different. the biggest venues in the entire world different. oh yeah oh that's different oh, yeah. that's but, different. but at the same time that's your different. name might not be in light so do you have a are you okay with that right and that's what i think a lot of people struggle with too is the yeah. notoriety and that's why i think the guys going back to the xfl and usfl they're posting on the gram, like, still grinding, still hustling. It's like, oh, that's dope. He's still playing football, right? Facts. But when yeah. you're done, you're, you're stuck. And what did you do it for, right? Did you do it because you loved it or you do it for notoriety? So I think it's just a, a variety of reasons why people still get stuck in that cycle. But now we're talking about a whole different dynamic with college football, getting to the NIL, getting to the transfer portal. I mean, that is a, a true business now. Oh, my God. I know it's, it's, it's honestly kind of sad. Like, when you look at kids coming out of high school and they want to be NFL players, and before, you know, all these scholarships was going to high school seniors. Now, kids getting passed up. I'm, why would I – I could take you kids coming out of high school, but they got a kid out of this out of this other D1 that just – IMG Academy. Like, that's the sick, that's the sick part. Yeah. Like, kids are pivoting from the transfer portal. Kids are getting paid. They advertising kids to come to colleges. Right. Like – what is this? And then the sick, yep. the most, the worst part that's sick is how some universities are controlling the money. So yeah, touch on that because you know I, I I know obviously, bro. You know what name, image, likeness, you know means. Uh, yeah. But what do it actually stand for from a player's perspective, mm-hmm. and why is it like kind of a negative thing for players oh, as well too? I would say it's negative from from two perspectives. Um, there's the there's a business out of it where the NCAA still ain't coming off that bag. The NCAA still making that money. The NIL is from sponsorships. You see what I'm saying? Right. The NIL is from sponsorships outside of the university. So all the billions of dollars that the NCAA cashing out, they still cashing out. So yeah, you can monetize your name, image, likeness through sponsors. That's cool. Yeah. But you ain't getting this 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 money that we've been making that we're going to continue to make from the TV ads and TV revenues. Like what? That's crazy. They're making billions. And the some of the sick things that you know we be seeing in the in the space, you know, you assign a kid to the NIL deal, and it's kind of like old marketing, old old marketing deals where they'll say, um, "Yeah, you getting all this money, but it's itemized. So all the gear that you was getting, all the gear that you was getting, like all the gear I was getting at Texas, mm-hmm. the shirts, the shoes, the swag. Oh no, that's monetized into the NIL deal." So you mm. think it's a cash value, but it's not. Mm. So it's 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 honestly, it's and it's also building a rift. Like if I'm a kid and I know I'm balling, but they trying to get this kid in the transfer portal and pay him, bro, pay me. I know right, I can right, name right. two kids right now, bro, that mm. balls that are certified first round, right, second right. round picks. picks. Well, now it's like no nil. How marketable are you, right, with the nil? And well, but the transfer portal and the nil is. is it, it's two separate scenes. So you telling me they kind of go hand in hand now? Oh yeah, they go hand in hand. Oh yeah. When you see when you see prime example, let's talk about Oh, they go they let's super about, go hand in hand. Let's talk about AM for a second. Right? Let's talk about AM. Okay. You don't like AM, do you? I, I have no I have no <laughs> I have no ill will with AM. I never played him when I was in college. He got the inside information though. But when you talk about from an NIL perspective, AM and my one of the they're one of the universities that spent the most money in NIL. I'm talking millions of dollars. Man, I heard this Texas last, this last year. I, hey, I heard oh, Texas. No, no, you know Texas got the bag. It's dropping now. the bag. No, Texas got the bag. <laughs> Texas got the bag. Man, I spent Texas putting people on salary. I heard. But let's talk about how he said. Let's talk about Texas and them though. The thing I wanted, the, the light I want to shine, because Texas, yes, I, I'm gonna touch on Texas. Okay, but okay, A&M, okay. you won't pay all these kids, but then you have 26 kids transfer out. Like, how does that work? Now, now what? Six kids come in. Like, now what kind of program? Like, how do you start building the culture? How do you start making this work? Because now it's just, ugh. Yeah, they yeah, change transactions. It's just transactions. Somebody changed That's that crazy. routing number <laughs> on accident. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's false promises. There's kids getting promised 100 racks, ain't seen a dime. So it's like, man, it's, uh, I mean, that's the kind of the pieces I'm saying. Like, Texas, for instance, they have a collective and they kind of, have money coming from sponsors, and then there's the collective that divvy it up, and they pick who get the money. So it's like, yep. dang, 
Well, it's like, I think it goes hand-in-hand because it's like, uh, what, Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison. I mean, they all went to UFC, yeah, because of Lincoln Riley, right? But really because they had $3 million, $2 million, $4 million waiting on the table. Why would you not go? Eastern Michigan offered them a million dollars. So the biggest thing with me is like, you know, because you you an agent. So y'all also, you're not an agent, but you own an agency. Yeah. So y'all sign players for... The NIL too, correct? Oh yeah. Like, so like to look over the contracts. Who looking over these these contracts of the players? That's not like these big name players that just want you know just want a little right. bit of bread. So it's uh there's multiple ways to go about it. So us as an agency, we try not to go into just giving these kids money because we've seen from other agencies that they start giving kids the bags, and what they realize is I'm signing to you through an NIL contract. You don't mean that don't mean I gotta represent. I don't gotta sign you to rep- represent. So right. kids are savvy, bro. Like it's the same way they do the same when you were when we were kids. We commit and we commit to the co- to the college. Right, we going there no matter what. These kids, you know, as go. you see, they commit, decommit, switch swap uh, to try to grab the fan base, try to grab the gear. You know, mm. they finding ways to get, they get more, more savvy, bro. Yeah. So the same thing the kids are doing in nil space. They're getting savvy. They can d- get an nil contract with this agency. They can pay me to drop a bag, knowing that I'm not t- I'm not tied to you. I can still be. And you have to honor those deals, right? Oh, if I'm paid, I'm as the agency. I would if I were signing a kid. Say I signed Kayvon to an right. NIL contract. I give Kayvon fifty racks. I'm under the assumption that Kayvon want to work with me when he comes to the NFL. For sure, right? 100%. Kayvon is savvy. He's not a dummy, so he's also entertaining you at mm-hmm. another sports agency, trying to get a bag off of you once he signed. He's telling, and you can know that. Oh, yeah. You can still try to win his business because ultimately the contract is only under the pretense of NCAA football. Mm-hmm. So kids are doing that. They're, they're, gra- they're grabbing bags and signing with other people. So personally speaking, we try not to just cut checks. We try to put you into a network, put you in, put you around sponsors that want to help build you. So instead of me cutting you a check, I'll put mm-hmm. you in touch with a donor. Is there like a certain amount of years that these kids are signing for? Like, are they like signing their? It's a you know like it's it's so if they sign into a marketing agency. So there's ways to do it. If I if they, either they sign to an agency, an agency can drop a bag, or I can point them to a marketing agency that only do nil, and they can handle their they can handle their nil. Yeah, but say I'm a donor and I want to sign you to an nil deal. Mm-hmm. Can I be like, hey, I want to sign you to an nil deal, so I own your name and likeness, a hundred percent of your name and likeness for the next. Six years, shit. You know the what kid I mean? want to sign a three sixty deal. They could, that's the thing. That's bad business. So that's where if a kid were to do that, if I have a, if I were to bring a donor to a table, obviously we would vet the contract. We would never right, want right, to screw right. the kid over, bro. So obviously, if a kid finds a donor on himself, hopefully he has the know all to go get these contracts vetted. Because I mean, this, it's the wild, wild west. These marketing agencies, some of them taking thirty percent, forty percent, like they taking big cuts. When we know that's not that's not interesting. And you know what? There's even agencies, and I know you're probably familiar with it. I know I talked to it about K, but an agency was trying to recruit me <laughs> to be head I of their. I know you want to touch on that. Oh, or not. I'm gonna touch on it. <laughs> it ain't no secret. Yeah, but an agency, I, I just won't drop their name, right? Yeah, right. Yep, yep. But an agency was uh, reached out to me, right? Mm-hmm. To to you know be head of football operations, right? Mm-hmm. To to literally you know go recruit these kids yep. to sign with their company for X amount up front. Based on their future earnings. So, you know, you give a kid $2 million mm-hmm. and we get 5% of your career earnings. I mean, that's a hell of a return on investment. Oh, yeah. But what do agents look at that? Because I know you know agencies and other oh, businesses yeah. that do that. Like, what what is the stigma on those companies? I mean, so our reputation, and that's why, again, my reputation I had with Scott, and Scott's reputation is, is you know, you can stamp it. You can take it to the bank. People, NFL GMs, and everyone knows how he conducts business. You know, mm-hmm. and he does it the right way. We don't backdoor people. He's solid. He's solid. He's solid. We don't go around the door. We try to work with compliance. We lost kids at TCU this year because they fired their compliance department, and we mm-hmm. can't get in touch with kids. Like, right. trash. Right. But that's like, us doing it the right way. Kind of, we miss out. But there's still people that still sign people with TCU. So, you know, they yep. went around the door. So, I mean, you see it, man. You see it. And um, honestly, we know the kind of people that do that kind of business. Um, and we try to be – we don't like the trash – agencies but when we having a conversation with a kid and we know we're in competition with a say company that does something like that we just try to put our best foot forward and let them know that there are other people out there that may tell you certain things just just know that what we're saying you can take it to the bank right and you had a peace of mind knowing you do in business the right way absolutely and and you know and i i declined that offer I mean, the <laughs> offer was bullshit anyway. You know, I didn't like their terms at all. 
But I considered it until I really put some thought on it. And I was like, ah, the people, I didn't believe in the company. You know, I thought I, I just didn't think they were good people. Right. Yeah. But that's the territory with this NIL space because it's so new. It's so fresh. And no rules. there's no rules. No rules there's bro. no rules. But, you know, speaking about NIL, how much Texas pay Arch Manning, bro? Man, I you know so they paid them. They probably paid them fifty-eight million dollars to go there. I heard a lot of rumors. Um, I'm, I'll tell you one story. So I don't know if this is one hundred percent true facts or not, but I heard a story where before he signed to Texas, he was uh he was taking a, a visit to Tech. You know, Tech they always put out air raid offense. They have great. He Texas Tech was in the race. That's what I heard. All right, I you got the inside now. Yeah, That's all I heard. So, all right. Um, but when it came down to it, he really liked, you know, he really liked uh, Coach McGuire. He thought it was going to be a place for him to, you know, work with. Um, but at the end of the day, Texas called while he's on that visit with the bag. Like, and was like, yo. You know, when it comes to. You got a PJ waiting on you. And I heard it was some M's. Oh. And, and you know, I don't know exactly what the what the settlement number is. And no one know. I, You'll I don't never know. know. I, now, you never know. You'll never know. Unless Quinn wanted to, you know, just. Uh, disclose that information, but yep. I mean, I just know that that's that's the nil world, bro. Like people can call a kid any minute and any any moment to try to drop a bag on them and try to acquire that talent. Yeah, and you know, Texas got a big bag, so we trying to get some good guys in the building. But <laughs> there's there's a way to do it the right way. Yeah. You know? So hopefully, you know, we could do it. We continue to do. We can we can open it up the collective, allow kids to really start monetizing themselves. I really want the NCAA to. Start pouring back into back pouring back into the kids because the city of Austin, because you know I'm a UT guy, the city of Austin every game day make upwards of ten million, bro. It's the city, hotels, restaurants. Every food, game day, every game day, yeah. it's crazy. They got some nice hotels down there too. So, just, like, so the every city game day, what you mean? Ten million, $10 million dollars. That's just, hey, that's just a low yeah. end. And that's that's come on, y'all, y'all, y'all trying to go buy a hotel downtown, yeah, right? <laughs> right by the it's that's crazy. that's that's nuts. It's literally crazy. And that's kind of stuff that you're seeing. If that, if that city's doing that, you know the university is rolling in it. Like What they need to do is they need to take that money and invest in some security on 6th Street, bro. It's bad. I've never boy, been down there. Oh, my gosh. It's out of control. How how were, how, how was it being a player? There. Now, it's, since it's, we are... Since we it's different since now, we are married, we can we can't go to Sixth Street. It's different. Now. <laughs> hey, it's different. <laughs> hey, it's different down there. Let me tell you. Oh yeah, it's, I mean it's, it's a good time, but I will say the Austin Austin is developing so fast, bro. Like even when I yeah. was there, like it was a different world when I was there. Just from when Blake Gideon and Sergio Kendall and Kenny, like when they were there, like yeah. just from that from that time to my time changed a lot from the stories I heard and. Now where it is now from when I was there is like night night and day. I, w- I wish you would have told us about Austin. And when you came to Dallas, I wish you would have been like, "Yo, go and buy a crib in Austin now." Yeah. <laughs> well, they got a lot of tech headquarters there too. Like yeah. Austin is yeah, really growing. Tech. They got a it's, lake over there, tech, like yeah. Lake Tra- Like it's growing over there. No, like, is, I got a lot of friends still stay in Austin. Austin is a great it's a great spot if you want to like find real estate investments yes. or you just want to build a business. Like Austin about to be a Austin is going to grow into a Metroplex, in my opinion. Bro, it's the next California right now, I heard. It's crazy. You know, other than Salina, Salina's supposed to be the biggest city in North Texas. No way. Salina. So it's like between Austin and North Dallas. I mean, Houston's going to get left behind other than that bullet train going down there. That's the only thing they got yeah. going on. Well, that's gonna be getting Houston going to catch up. Houston, gonna catch. The Houston will always be there. You know, Houston they're like the third the largest city anyway in America. You know, I heard they're the most it. diverse city in America, too. I believe it. Well, Houston got big business because they got the port and they got international airports. So they can never, they never going to lose oh, out. Oh, they got the port, too. They're never going to lose out. Think right. about it. So like, Texas just winning right now. Oh, yeah. When it that's comes really to what it is. Hey, so let me ask you this. As we sum up the NIL. And stuff like that. I know we uh, was talking about Texas football. Um, what changes, stipulations, you know, do they have to regulate? Do do you think that they have to regulate for the NIL to make it better? And the transfer portal, too. Because it is getting out of hand. Yeah. You know, uh, man, it's got – man, it's free agency. You know, some of these guys, they, they don't like their situation in the school, right? They mm-hmm. don't like their situation. Yeah. I, man, I was I was in a similar situation when I was in college, yeah. right? So, I was a two year starter, got benched at the end of my second year, was benched my whole third year, and my coach got fired after my third year. Oh yeah. So my fourth year, I was it was either hey I gotta stay and thug it out, or I gotta transfer. If I transfer, I might have an excuse because my coach got fired. But back then, like 
you was going to maybe have to sit out a year. You know, I still had a red shirt, so I was going to be able to do that. But now, like, guys can literally transfer damn near midseason and be on the team next week. The next, the next year. Way, you know what I'm saying? When, when and, to, and play. So when it like, comes to NIL and transfer portal, I don't have the answer, to be completely honest with you. But it's, it's going to be, at some point in time, it's going to have to come down to something that we see in the NFL, something you see in the ML, MLB, NHL. They're going to have to be some real rules and regulation. Kids are going to get – kids are getting paid. It's no longer – you can't say this is amateur sport. Well, college football did it just so you can focus on something else. They was like, man, listen, yeah. we going to keep making these billions and we're going to let 20% of the players make millions because it's really only probably 20% that's really making yeah. money. I mean, I've heard salaries – with Alabama and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Same with Texas, like the offensive right. linemen, they be on salary. Like 60K, 50K. Yeah. And that's still winning. I mean, yeah, you could leave college with 50 to 100 in your pocket. You know, exactly. that's that's cool if you know how to, you know, manage it. But then that's the other part of it. Do we need to have special, you know, people in order to help kids manage money? Or are they just going to get this money and have a great time at college? I had the best time of my life. And then they leave with. $3,000 when they were getting 60, 70, 80 a year. Yeah, it's going to have to be opening up some more departments. I mean, I, you think, know? I think when it, that comes down to the rules and regulations, things that you were, talk, yeah. you were touching on, like university going to have to invest in having some people in place to kind of help these kids out. I mean, I mean parents as well. I think parents will have to get more educated on what kind of situation they're putting their kids in. Yep. Um, at the end of the day, you got to really do – you got to take a look at it from a, a 50,000-foot view instead of you just being right there in tunnel vision, dollar, 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 like – it's not going to work out for the best, especially if you're talking about for the long haul and longevity of it. Like, and and I, think, to be I think it sucks for the smaller schools, too. Because, like, bro, man, Central Michigan, bro, I don't know where if we're going to ever be good again. Just because, like, our top players, our top players who ball out. Transfer. They transfer to the next Eastern year. Michigan beating y'all ass now. Well, because our top players go to – SEC schools. Yeah. East, Why wouldn't East, they? <laughs> Why would the Mac has always been no, a stepping it, stone it's sad, to it's sad, development? Central, Central has always been this place to where like, yeah, we might have not won a lot of Mac championships. We did in like a brief like five year period, but we we always been a place to where we produce NFL talent. The NFL scouts, every team is gonna be out our pro days. Central Michigan always been that place, but now I feel like. You know, with this transfer portal, bro, yep. all of our top talents is leaving. And it sucks, bro. It sucks for – I'm real close with our AD, Amy. I'm real close with her. And it sucks for her. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm be talking to her mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, you know, it, su- it sucks for yeah, her. Yeah, for their program. You know? There's no stability. Yeah. And the other thing is now, you know, we can say, oh, it sucks for her. She get At the same time, flip the script a little bit. My One of my best friends, his brother's at UConn. Guess what they told him? He was a sophomore. They told him, hey, man. You know, we like you, but we don't, you know, we like you, but we got other players transferring we're in. We're the transfer portal. They're taking your scholarship. Hey, what did Deion Sanders say? Well, see, I ain't hard to find. I got my luggage, my luggage, my, what do you say, my luggage packed? Louis luggage. <laughs> Louis luggage. <laughs> but time out, where are these kids supposed to go? Like, you know, back in the day, in the contract, essentially they don't, have, sad, to, they don't have to honor our scholarships every year, but now they're really taking advantage of that. It's sad, bro. It's year by year. It's sad. Yeah, it's, bro, it's the NFL. It's the NFL. Oh, 100%. It's got. There's got to be some type of way to where it's like, yo, your scholarship is guaranteed. Your football. I don't know. I don't know how to do this. But you can't just kick a kid out of college after you earned a full ride. You can't do it. It's just not what right. They can't. They're doing it. They can. <laughs> they can. That's what's no, sad. Yeah, they got to figure it out, man. I don't know. I don't know the solution. I just know yep. it's gonna take some people. I think, uh, like for instance, Nick Saban. He came out, made a made a stance on how it's so crazy with the transfer portal. I think it'll take some people really putting their best foot forward and letting the people, like letting the folks know this is not it. Like, how do you expect mm-hmm. to run a sustainable program Nick at any Saban. level? Nick Saban said that. Right. <laughs> As he's calling kids on, like, Nick Saban. Nick Saban been, NIL been existing for 20 years. Time. But this is another conversation. It would have been a close game if they was, you know, if they. <laughs> I fuck with TCU. I fuck with Coach Cos, but that's all I'm saying. It was, yeah. it was out of hand. It was out. It was what the biggest margin in bowl history, not not championship history. Anyway, yeah, it's a rough one to watch. Anyway, man, you know what time it is? What's that? It's hot take time. Oh, <laughs> it's hot take time. Dim the lights. You felt it. Yeah, you felt yeah, it. Yeah, the yeah. fire's on us. All right, so I got a hot take. Super fresh, just landed yesterday. Is Kyrie and Luca a duo for disaster, or destined for the finals? <laughs> Kyrie's a Bucket, certified bucket. Bucket. I think that um, as long as they can get on the same page on ball possession and time, I think they can win. Kyrie's not as, in my opinion, I don't see Kyrie as a selfish 
player, but he's a certified. That's, that's a big if, though, if they can both share because they're both primary ball. Hand, it is. It's all about chemistry. Who wants to win? Luca's gonna have that ball in his hand when it's all said and done. You know that though, right? Yeah, it's his team. It's Luca's team. Kyrie got to be under. Got to understand it's Luca's team. But it I is. think I think. Uh, I mean, I want to go see him play. I looked up Lakers tickets already. Cheapest tickets five fifty in the high section. You gotta you gotta drop the bag. But guess what? And let me hit up Mark. <laughs> yeah, bro, email him. <laughs> Yeah. This man has Mark Cuban's <laughs> email, and he responds. Bro, that's my nigga. What you mean, bro? Listen, bro. What? Listen, bro. I was on a I was on a TV I was on a TV show, Fast and Loud. It was like the hundredth episode, and this was bro. I was a rookie or second year, uh, and I know I was a rookie or second year because I had mini ass dress. My dress was like it was like little that worms, big. yeah, <laughs> thick ass worms. So, but uh, but Mark Cuban was there. Right. You know, cool as hell, bro. Cool as hell. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they paid me 5000 I don't know. They probably gave him 100 100 200 probably. Hey, you know but that mean? five grand at that Man, time what? in your life, Rookie you was like, year, five bet. Grand, I was yeah. like, all right, bet. Bet. I look back, but my fit was trash. But uh, It takes but, time. But Mark was cool as hell. You know, he gave me his email. He was like, hey, if you ever want to come to a game, just hit me up. 100%. And I kept his email. Last time I went to a game, I didn't hit him up for the tickets. But while I was at the game, I hit him up. Yeah. It was the craziest thing, bro. Hit up Mark Cuban. He, I'm literally watching him. He sit damn near in the same spot every single time. Right. He like mm-hmm. right close to the bench, and he checked his phone. I was like, "Yo, he really just checked his phone, bro." I emailed him. I, I just said something That's about the live. game. He emailed me right back in like the next five six minutes. I was like, bro, he is the live. What did you feel owner. like when you just got Mark Cuban's email right back? You sitting behind him like. I tried to talk business after he, he, he ignored the <laughs> He ignored you out there. You needed him up. Hey, man, I think that was a savvy move. I'm a big Kyrie fan. Y'all going to the finals. That's it. Hit him 100%. two weeks later. Yeah. By the way, what's up with them tickets, though? I'm, yeah. I need to come to again. No, bro, but, but similar takes as you. Wait, who said? No, no, no. You said that about Kyrie. How you don't think? He's Hold on, asked. you didn't answer. Do disaster or finals? I think it's finals. Say less. I think it's finals. Like I'll be honest, they get the chemistry right. Kyrie's man. Kyrie's been there. He's certified stamp. Luca's a hundred percent. And and he's number two again. Championship Kyrie. Exactly. So I mean, <laughs> I like that. Championship yeah. Kyrie. Bro, I don't think <laughs> Kyrie is as selfish as what people think. No, nah, you I'm, know. I'm be honest, dog. I I would say right. I'm a Kyrie fan. I like Kyrie. Yeah. I fuck I like, with Kyrie. I like Kyrie. I fuck with Kyrie, too. Like, oh, I, I had a little thing against him because I thought he was acting like a little yeah. baby when he when? left Cleveland talking about, I want to. And then he took his words back talking about, well, I was. he basically said, hey, man, I was immature. LeBron was yeah. my type of leader. I needed time to grow. That's right. fire. Is it fire? Because when he left Cleveland, I was like, bro, you had one year left, bro. You just won a championship. What are you doing? Just stick it out, bro. Then he went, yeah. goes to Celtics and was like. He can't take it back? He took it back. And he he took hungry. it back multiple times. Hey, he I'm going to be a Celtic for life. Boom, leaving next week. And no, <laughs> Balling saying, for the Nets. Like, yo, we about to be second seed I'm in saying, the East. I'm, I'm, I want to trade. Like, saying, bro. Was he not humble? I respect Kyrie so much because people don't see this point of view, right? I like Kyrie, by the way. Just want to throw that out there. I like him, All but right. I just think he's made some choices in the past that, that showed a little immature As somebody that's, that owns an agency, a sports agency, what Kyrie just did, was the fucking it it was the the symbol of class. You know, he he went out there, you know, obviously, you know, that that comment that he made or you know, or, or, or what he posted, right. it rubbed a lot of people in the wrong way. You know, they blackballed him. Came back on the court, wasn't saying a word to nobody, quiet, he just bawled. He fucking bawled without <laughs> KD. He bought without KD and was completely quiet. That's the only way you're going to win back the public. Was completely quiet. Is if you just ball out. His agent probably told him, like, hey, just go on the court and ball and don't say shit. Yep. Don't say shit, just go ball. He went and bought at the perfect moment. He was like, I want to trade. And that's <laughs> the, the thing. fucking perfect moment. <laughs> yeah. that, so that's some ghost shit. Yes, yeah, definitely some ghost shit. I mean, the thing is, we don't know what happened in the back office. He may want to leave because. Well, apparently, like the word is they didn't want to offer him to the Lakers. <laughs> I wish. But they didn't want to offer him a full contract. He wanted security. Okay. No, you they just wanted to see contract? how it played out. If you make it to the – they were putting all kinds of yeah. stipulations in his contract, and it was like – he was like, bro, I'm done with this, bro. You've he already – had to make it to the finals to get his his his, his full contract. Yeah. He had to win the championship. I wanted him to go to Lakers so bad. 
Bro, bro, him and him and that owner definitely got beef. They definitely got beef. Yeah, you seen the owner yeah. said he was gonna make the Lakers sell everything they had for him. They, de- they, de- they definitely got beef. He, yeah, he he t- he said I'm not sending you to L. A. unless they send us everything you got. Fuck and so guys. it was just anyway. Do you think they're destined for disaster or the finals? What what's your take? I think they're gonna be in the finals. To be honest, you so, know, m- you no, you, know, you think it's gonna be Western Conference Finals? No, but listen, though, <laughs> like from a uh, owner from Mark Cuban's perspective, it was genius. It was fire. You know, I mean, you gave up a little bit for him, but right. you freed a lot of cap space. You got a year. If that shit work out, you can re-sign him. You know, if that shit work out and y'all and Luca yeah. and Kyrie get together, you can re-sign him. If it don't, should let him walk. You freed up a lot of cap space, and let's go get somebody that can be compatible with Luca. Beautiful. I don't. I don't Business. think Kyrie is going to be the problem. I think Luca got a he. Who knows if he can play with people? Like, you, you know what I'm saying? We, he's him. never had that yet. He's yeah. never, you, you know, he's never even on his that. national team, it's only been him. Yeah, you got to embrace him to his – because it is You're his right. team. You got to embrace him. But I yeah. honestly think he's he's such a complete player. Oh, yeah. He, they're going to – I think they're going to be nice. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. I I hope they go to the finals because oh, I'm supporting them. Be good for the city, man. Great like, for the city. For the city. Dallas is booming. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, especially especially after the Cowboys lost, man. Let's let's look forward to something else. Yeah, you know, for the city, good. right? Yep. It's for the city. But but man, uh, hot pre- take number two, man. Oh yeah, yeah you was about to stop. Yeah, man. I was. Take number two, you was bullshit. Hold on, hot take number two. Hold so on, I got Boom. the second hot take. Mine's is usually a little bit more, you know. Hit uh, me. Business okay. a little bit. Let's get Sorry. back to it. Let's lock in. Let's get back to it. Let's lock in, y'all. So. Uh, CNBC just came out with this stat. And as soon as I seen it, I sent it to Darius. I was like, bro, this shit's crazy. 64% of Americans, of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Okay. 50% of Americans that make over 100000 or more is living paycheck to paycheck. Okay. 50% of Americans that's making over $100,000 or more mm-hmm. is still living paycheck to paycheck. What does that say about our society? What the, what does that say about our country? What does that say about our culture, right? Because, I mean, I bet you if you break this down, you know, I bet you the black culture is the damn near the majority over this 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 64%, right? Well, I would say it all boils down to the culture, the American culture. Yep. Not just breaking down to specific because it's not ethnicity, um, ethnicities in that percentage. But I would say people got to understand how to start – Leveraging capital, right? Uh, if you're making over a hundred thousand, or you making less than a hundred thousand, at some point in time, you got to start leveraging the capital and allow the money to start working for you, instead of you chasing a lifestyle. Because what that sa- what that stat says is that regardless of if you're making less than a hundred racks or more than a hundred racks, you are living outside your means. Are you 100%. living right to your means? So I think it just comes down to. You know, financial literacy. It comes down to how to leverage the capital. Um, it finds out how to start looking to the future, how to make the ten year play, you know. And it's and it's tough because you've never when someone's never experienced what it feels like to have money and make money and have those goods of what they feel like to put on that new suit jacket, to drive in that new car, to live in that new house. It's tough to preach this to someone that's never experienced it because they're going to want to experience it. And sometimes they got to experience it. Oh, yeah. But the key is to have the knowledge to be able to essentially mm-hmm. go broke and be right back. And that's the thing. It's unfortunate that most people <clears throat> got to go, got to get there, lose it, and then get it back to do it the right way the second time. I think if you were able to figure out how to do it right the first time, that wouldn't be a statistic. And that's that's the stat that the people that, you know, the Grant Cardones of the world that got it, lost it, got it back, billionaire. It's like, how do you figure it out? How do you understand the formula? And I think that formula isn't talked about as much. Yep. Back to what you're saying about what is being on the for, what's on the main what's what's the media? What are you consuming on a day to day? Like that changes everything. Like mm-hmm. my mindset changed mm. when I said I'm going to get into the business world. How do I pivot from football to getting into energy, owning companies, going to private equity, doing international trade, and then want to backdoor and be back in sports because I want to help other athletes? It's all because of the mindset change. And, again, it's all of, and it comes back to getting these guys to understand that you're more than what everyone say you are. You already defined the odds to touch the league. 
you already defied the odds. You can go and do anything. It's all about locking in, take off, turn off the damn YouTube, turn on the podcast, read a fucking book. Like, get around the people that's trying to level up. Like, the same surroundings that you did to get into the NFL, the same surroundings that you did to get into that that sector, that space, you got to do the same thing when you want to pivot. And that's kind of the that, – that's the – that's the point that people got to realize when we talk about athletes. Yep. You got to change your mindset. You can't keep consuming yep. the same shit. And if I'm a ball player, I was able to play video games all day and then go work out two or three hours a day because that was my system. I can't do that in business. I had to turn the game off, bro. I had to figure out, okay, how to optimize my time. Like, how do I figure out this, what's the new system? What's the new process? So when we start talking about business and that kind of stat, it's like, it really shines a light that people don't understand how to really win. Like, how do you set up banks? How do you set up your bank accounts? Why is it that Trump don't pay no fucking taxes? Bro, and you hit it it on the head, like, like just wanting to know more and and changing your process and learning. It actually sounds like you was just, like, reading off Think and Grow Rich. You know, it's a great great read, but... It's a great read. From one success, right, you know that you can succeed pretty much. One success leads into more successes. Since you did something, no matter what field it is, no matter what it was, since you've done it, you know you can achieve success right that oh, yeah. feeling right and it transfers into anything and you just roll it into the next thing and you said it and then it's like you know for me it's like opening up my business account shit i called k the other day mm-hmm. i was like yo bro how do you run yours how do you run your llc's how do you run your business cards your credit card we talk about this but it's oh, something yeah, that i'm important. curious in he got into it first and now he has experience where he can tell me things and i'll and i'll do it better than him at, at this time right because he already, I already have someone I can ask exactly. that's already been through the shit. And so eventually, if we just keep passing that down, there will be not a lot of hiccups at all. 100%. Because we all, it, it just takes. It moves out your path, man. Because the yep. thing is, as good as you networking and connecting with people that also have gone through there. So that's the thing is finding the people that you want to build with. It's all mm-hmm. about building. If you're not working with somebody that don't know, why you, like, what are you doing? Like, are you doing? Are you slowing yourself down? Find people that trying to find try find people that's trying to do the same thing as you. Not per se same lane, but got the same goal. So my whole thing when I started pivoting, I mean, I did it myself and it was hard as hell. I started finding and aligning myself with the right team. You go so much further with a team. We all Man. team guys. Man. Find somebody that know their damn job. Do your job. I'm gonna do my job. But ultimately we're gonna get to the same goal. We're trying to get to that win. So that was the thing that we gotta start figuring out. Eliminate that stat. You're gonna make your hundred racks. Great. Don't go model, don't talk, don't go model your life around what you see on the internet. Model your life around social peers. Media. Yep. Yep. Try to find right. people that you can, can really connect with and shake hands with in your community. And y'all can really start building and taking off like a rocket. And you might have a quiet period. And that's oh, yeah. okay. So if you, you know, social media wise, if you just want to keep showing and showing, it's like, bro, you might have a quiet period. But that's just know if you build it, it'll come. <laughs> You're going to be balling if you build it. Yeah, man. So just go through that period. 100%. I think social media is a deadly thing for us, and I think that could be the biggest reason why this this stat is so high. Oh, yeah. You know, it's because we're trying to compete. Like, we compare ourselves. Yep. You know, and that's the biggest reason why I didn't like the NFL, right? It's because I'm always comparing myself to the person who's in front of me. Yep. And I hated that feeling because mm-hmm. I want this person to do bad. You know, yeah, bro. It, it, it's culture. It's sick. You want to win, but you know for you to be where you want to be. This other person has to fail. fail. And it's sick, though, right? Mm-hmm. I think social media ha- get us to have a similar mindset. Facts. You know, 100%. And, you know, even in, uh, in Rich Dad Poor Dad, they say, like, you know, the more money you make, the more money you spend. Yep. And that's the saddest thing about our culture. And I think social media make you do that. This you know? is how you take control of social media, in my opinion. Instead of you using social media to pay attention to what everybody else is doing, mm-hmm. use social media to promote or just do you. Bingo. To what to show what you're doing. Just be right. you. Bingo. Be be Duke. Use your page be Duke. as a business. As a business. And that's right. what I was saying right. before. Man, we used to talk about how things just change over time when we talk about social media and as a whole from MySpace where it's just cool. Like, I got my boys in my high school, my girls in the high school, surrounding area, to where now social media pages are commercials or marketing aspects. And that's, I think, the way to pivot from 
comparing lifestyles and getting stuck in the stats, statistics is seeing it for what it is. Everybody out there promoting some shit. Yep. And, and, and everybody putting their best foot forward on there. It ain't real, bro. So do the same. Stop trying to be what you see and just do you. Be your best and, you on there. And they've helped escalate that with the way they're starting to design the apps. Everything is for promotional purposes, but absolutely. But man, that was a uh, man. That was a great episode, man. Yeah, it was we fun. we hit every topic we wanted to hit. And Duke, man, you've been an amazing guest, bro. Appreciate it's been an honor having you on, bro. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, it seriously. Was fire. Hey, hey, tell the audience, tell the people how they can follow you, follow your journey, and reach you on social media, all your handles, all your information. 100%. Uh, Duke Thomas on Twitter, uh, Duke Thomas on Instagram. I mean, you check my website for the renewable energy sector. It's DukeNRG, the letters NRG.com. Uh, when it comes to the sports world, it's team, TeamSportsAgency.com. Um, and if you want to connect on, on any business level, don't hesitate to reach out to me, either a DM, text message, email. You can find my contacts on one of those three platforms. And whether it's private equity, sports, energy, let's connect, let's build. And I'm always trying to find good relationships. Man, let's go, That's bro. Fire. Let's go, bro. It was a privilege, bro. Thanks for coming on, Absolutely. man. Keep Appreciate balling. Y'all. Keep going. And you know we got your back. Appreciate let's fucking go. Already. Yo.